Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Jared? How are you? Pretty good. Good. How are you tonight? Oh, not too bad. Just taking it easy tonight. <laughs> there you go. You know, I, I enjoy all the podcasts, listening to everybody, and, and I never really, I always just kind of thought it'd be neat to hear somebody talk about guys in, you know, the Midwest coyote hunters, you know, some stuff on there, and yeah. I never heard any on any of them, and I, I don't know, I just thought, well, maybe I ought to ask him, <laughs> who knows, maybe he would consider doing something like that or not, I didn't know, but. No, I'm always up for suggestions, you know, I don't know everybody, and. uh you know, there's some there's some gems out there that I don't know, so I'm always yeah. up for a good suggestion. But you know, while you have some good suggestions and you act like you don't have some great story to tell, heck, just that little message you sent me, you know, a paragraph about yourself. Heck, I think you've got enough to share. Well, I don't know about that. I don't think I'm really. I don't think I'm really worthy of, of, of that, but I I do, I mean, dappled into a lot of different stuff. I mean, I do have uh, some experience and all uh, with different kind of dogs, but I don't know if I've ever had any that I, you know, excelled at or, or uh, you know, have been near as good as there's a lot more people probably to interview out there than, than me, I would say, for sure. Well, you said that you've been on the cover of, um, oh, which, yeah. which magazine? The Hunter's Horn. The Hunter's Horn, okay. I, I yeah. can't remember exactly yeah, so which one you the, said it was. Yeah, there's there's two Foxhound magazines, The Chase and The Hunter's Horn. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I had, uh, I don't remember the age I was, but, uh, I guess uh, in 98, I won the Missouri Governor's Cup. Uh, I put on the cover uh, for that, but yeah, that was a pretty big deal. That, that was yeah. pretty cool. That was definitely something that was a, uh, and, and it takes a lot of work to to do that. And they still have that today. Uh, of course, there's not near as many trials as there once was. But mm -hmm. now, yeah, what kind of dog were you hunting at that point? Um, she wasn't registered, uh, but she was, you know, full American Foxhound Walker, Run Walker Foxhound. Okay. Yeah, which is uh, pretty much in the Midwest here. Any any of the surrounding states out where I'm at, it it's all they're all most mostly registered uh, hunters horn under mm -hmm. um, foxhounds, and you know mostly mostly walkers. But there is some trig, and there's still some probably some Goodman around, or there was when I browsed into it. And then there's several Julys, but yeah. or you know it could be crossed up, but yeah. Most people that I've talked to with running dogs tend to have walkers. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's pr the primary one for sure. Okay. Yeah. However, in southern Missouri, there is a lot of July, Um And there there has been ever since I can remember. And uh, still is today, I believe. But, I'd like to talk to somebody with some Julys because uh, there's a lot of rumors around Julys being slipped into the leopard breed. <laughs> Well, you know that's funny that you say that because uh, I I didn't know leopard breed even though I lived right here where 
I mean, leopard breed was pretty strong at yeah. one time and real close to us. And I, you know, just finding that out in recent years. But uh, <clears throat> there's a, there's some guys that uh, back when I was really into the daylight coyote hounds uh, had some uh, uh, a strong breeding just called Krogan, mm-hmm. Krogan bred dogs um, that are running walkers that uh, people use for more daylight um, coyote hunters, which is, you know, run and catch dogs. Yep. And uh, they, uh, there is some July in a lot of those too. Okay. Well, there's, there's uh, some guys in Northern Missouri that had dogs. I never talked to them about it, but they have dogs that were, came out leopard colored or they looked, uh, you know, all black with, you know, almost black and tan looking. Yeah. And uh, after I've gotten leopards, I'm really confident that somewhere in the woodpile, a leopard hound or leopard cur was, you know, slipped in on that with those, uh, with that line of dogs because that color is so prevalent, which it could have yeah. came out from its eyes, but, yeah. but, uh, I, you know, it could have certainly been a leopard in the woodpile somewhere too, uh, I'm guessing, but, and, yeah. they, and they're really good dogs. And I like a lot of them, but, yeah. uh, and then of course I like the color, but. Um, then that line that that guy had, and I still see people having them today, but you know what I can keep up with a little bit, see, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, over the internet, but, uh, that's kind of funny you say that. So <laughs> I don't know that July, you know, in, in leopard hounds, um, you know, it, a leopard hound, maybe. I, I don't know the, the curve part of it. I think that, uh, that I don't, I don't think you would want July in there, but, but yet that would, I'm just thinking more, you know, for tree and coons and squirrels yeah. and you know, that sort of thing. Now people that use leopards for the bear, you know, it may, may be better, you know, yeah. it may help bring, bring some out in there, but bring some speed, yeah. make them pick their head up. Yeah. Run a track yeah, a little so. better. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which, especially in, you know, North Carolina, where a lot of these leopards, you know, came from, uh, they, they did a lot of running bears. So that's yeah. why it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Yeah, I not. Um, definitely, definitely wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I don't know. I, and and then I think about uh, hearing people talk about some of those other things. I wonder how much. How widespread, like those Krogan bred running walkers, are out because uh, they really got some game sense to them, you know, and, and you know, really want to stretch out and get after something and, and mm-hmm. catch it, you know, run to catch dogs. But <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know how widespread they are. I really don't know. I mean, of course, yeah. whenever I was into them and growing up, I, I thought, you know, that, that was all that you wanted, and <laughs> but. You know, after the internet gets out and and then these podcasts and different things, it's kind of interesting. There's there's a lots of different worlds of dogs out there for sure. Yeah, I mean it's kind of all the same, but then again, uh, you know they're definitely different. Obviously, the traits of the dogs you want to be different. All I knew deer dogs was a big thing, but I don't think I really knew how big of a deal they were. You know, there's yeah, there's there's a lot of them out there. Oh, definitely. Now I've I've only gotten a little bit of taste, little taste of it, and I don't talk to a couple guys with them. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, you know, those three names. I I, I wish you know, 
to you doing these podcasts and these other guys doing those podcasts. There's so many guys that, you know, I wish it was 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. That, you know, when they were still around and, and get some of those old stories, just be pretty interesting. To oh, I know. There, there's quite a few people that I wish that I know about now that are either, that are no longer around. And it's like, man, I wish I could have talked to him or, you know, yeah, just these guys you hear about, like, you know, I'm, I'm big into leopards. So obviously like Richard McDuffie and, you know, I, right. I just talked to Stacy Barger and it would have been nice to talk to his dad. So those kind yeah. of guys. And so I'm glad I've talked to some of the guys I have actually, I just found out, um, today that, uh, a guest that I had on this spring passed away, uh, Don Page, who has Steven, had Stevens curves. Oh, so, huh. you know, huh. I'm glad that I was able great. to talk to him. And there's some other guys that are, you know, older, and it's, yeah. And I'm glad I was able to talk to them. Like, but there's yeah, some other guys that would have been like, that have already passed away. It's like, it would have been nice to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they're all interesting. So, uh, I, you know, um, just hearing about any kind of dog, yeah. pretty pretty neat to me. And and you know you do a good job. And I don't know what it is. The, the best ones to me just seem like the old guys. You know, it yeah. just it, it doesn't matter which. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of them are just dogs that I, in my mind, in my opinion, I just can't stand. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> own, but I still like listening to the old guys. You know, yeah. talk about story. You know, whatever. Just older, but. Uh, I mean, the new ones are interesting to you. I mean, I just listened to the one yesterday or whatever of the the guy that made the song, you know, the deer yeah. dogs. And, and obviously he's young, sound like, yeah. but, uh, you know, that was really interesting. But, in yeah. his 20s, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so that was that was interesting to me as well. So, yeah. So, so what do you think about being on the podcast? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I guess if, if you if you think it it would be interesting, I guess I would. Well, good because we're fifteen minutes into recording one, so. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm probably better tell uh, my. We got like six dogs laying out here, being noisy <laughs> and um. Try to keep it down. <laughs> no, they're fine. Recording this. I just caught you by surprise. So they don't start yelling at dogs or whatever. But my wife's got the pups in here too. She's trying to work on some training on them, and they were playing cards in the room. You got a good. Those pups are a good looking pair of pups. Yeah, they are. They uh, they seem pretty smart too. Oh, they're, they're well. The they're they're not uh, they're not near as smart as my. You know, we we my daughter's pup or young dog we had last summer. You know, last year, this time, about the same age, just a year older, or, mm-hmm. you know, before. And there was just one pup, so that was better, you know, and she was <laughs> she's really sharp. These two aren't as sharp, and, you know, of course, we have a pair of them, and we're trying to do the same things. We let them play together, and that makes it worse, you know, because uh, so you don't have their attention. But Yeah. So there's some struggles there. They just, they they don't listen real well. I mean, they... They're too obedient. Like my wife was saying tonight, they, you know, they, they want to, they're afraid to do anything, uh, away from what you want them to do. So if you have them sit, you know, and you have them, uh, wait somewhere, well then they'll do that. But then whenever you release them, 
or you try to let them go out the door or something, they, they won't go. <laughs> they just keep sitting. Yeah. And, and the brindle one, I, buy, I touch her on top of the head, you know, me, uh, I get a little bit impatient, you know, just, and then that's kind of her okay to release. So uh, it's been a struggle with it. It's been a little bit tougher as far as just obedience stuff um, yeah. with them. Um, and I don't know, you know, never had any of their line of dogs before, you know, anything close anyways. So uh, I don't know. It's learning curve, I guess. I mean, they're all learning curves, but. They're both Kemmers. They're littermates, right? Yeah. Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, they're dual registered. They're original okay. mountain curve registered also. But yeah. Nice. Per the OMCBA. Who do they come from? Uh, Chris Boone okay. in uh, Central Tennessee. Yep. Yeah, he's, he seems like he's got some really nice dogs and had a lot of people refer him. Um, you know, give me a referral. So I, I just there's there's hardly any cameras in Missouri left. So I, uh, I kind of called around and I, I wasn't on Facebook for long. I mean, my wife was. We had a camp, but I just didn't get on there for years. And I went to start looking for some dogs, and I had to get on Facebook <laughs> to find anything. Pretty and, much you know, anymore. Yep. Yeah, and and. Uh, Tennessee's, you know, as close as I could really find anybody that had some, you know, pretty decent looking pups. Mm-hmm. There, you know, bloodlines and all. And uh, I'd had a few cameras in the past, and they um, just seemed to me like they have a little more nose, a little stronger nose. Yeah. And uh, so, since we primarily like to coon hunt, that's really what I wanted to try to get a little bit more yep. into. Uh, with their, with our dogs, so we'll see how it works. Seems like they definitely have more nose for sure, but they're still pretty young. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, at some point, I definitely would like to try a camera. Yeah, I've talked to enough guys I, uh, that have them, and uh, you know, they they sound kind of like what I like. But, yeah, you know, I agree. Unfortunately, there's just only so many hours in a day, and I can only yeah. hunt so much. So I try not to overload myself. Well, and that's just it. Yeah, having too many dogs, just you take yourself the, the wrong way, you know. If, if you can't put time into the, the, you know, one or two or three of them, then, you know, definitely won't need more. So, yeah. I've, I've been guilty of that a lot in my past, having way too many dogs. But, uh, you you know, and right now, your whole family hunts. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It didn't. It wasn't so much like that before when the kids were young, but uh, yeah. Um, but now, now that maybe they're older, definitely, uh, all of us do a little bit of hunting with them, so it makes it a lot nicer. And then my wife kind of got her training system in there a little bit more for obedience and all, and then you know the, the foot tracking end of it, so she puts quite a bit of time into them, also yeah. those pups and, and young dogs. So, are you gonna? She trained the. Two cameras to blood track as well. Yeah, we haven't hit them real hard with it, but uh, yeah, the the Brendel one, she let her that the one uh, archery buck that I got this year. Uh, my daughter was able to recover it with her um, her dog, and uh, so it was pretty neat. You know, she we let her do the whole thing mm-hmm. um, from from scratch. You know, and then uh, we came home and got the the Brendel female and uh, took her and. 
and you know let her do the whole track and she found it she did a good job you know of course awesome. you know, we already knew what the deer was but i mean yeah. she 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 did a real good job on it and so she's worked with her some but um since it's, since it's deer season she hadn't had much chance she's just been tracking with her you know dogs that are finished already yeah. so when it's uh you know people actually needing deer recovered you don't you don't get the pups out yeah yeah i mean we might take them sometimes just to you know if it's an easy one to try to follow up and you know take in behind an old dog or mm-hmm. or just having them along you know with those cur dogs especially just taking them somewhere and, and having around people and you know yep. other strange things is, is huge with them you know i think that's true with every cur i've had whether it's been leopard or mountain cur or you know kimmer or any of them they all the exposure you can give them to give them when they're young to different people and dogs and animals is good oh yeah definitely yeah now yeah you told me that you had hounds for a long time what made you get cur dogs you know um i think it's just that the era that we're living in now, it's, it just makes a lot more sense to, uh, if, if I'm going to hunt with a dog, with a scent dog, you know, a cur dog makes the most sense because I can, you know, I, that's in my uh, research, that's made most sense. And it, it's panned out to be that way just because I can hunt them on a 10 acre track of land and, and I can have them handle, you know, and if they start to get off or if I, you know, if they're treed on the other side, I can, I can call them off the tree and call them to me, you know? So, um, I, just for us to be able to hunt and, and, uh, and not have to worry about dogs getting out of pocket and, and where we live anyways, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of 48, 40 acre plots, you know, or, you know, in the country tracks of lands or, or smaller, but, you know, could be bigger ones too, but so it just makes it easier to to hunt. And I I've never I never really hunted with a tree hound that I really liked. Okay. This didn't suit me, you know. So mm-hmm. I've had a handful over the years. Um and I just I've I've hunted with several, just didn't really have any that I liked. Now I, I have had some leopards that I liked. Mm-hmm. But uh as far as, you know, tree and walkers are pretty big around us. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just just never, I, mean, I know there's lots of them out there that would suit me, but I've just never seen one, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I just kind of always turned me away from it. But um, wanting, wanting to, you know, get, have tree hounds, I guess. And uh, so I also, we don't have very many rabbits. If if we did have rabbits right now, you know, I'd probably have some beagles again. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as uh, any other kind of hound, I just don't have the time for it. Um, I, I do feel like with the curves, you know, the ones I've had, once you once you do get them finished out, they don't, don't have to have them really in shape for them to go out and perform you, you know, for you. And uh, they're just... They can be kind of crazy in the pen, some of them, but uh, try to keep that in tune. And you know, they can be in the pen for, you know, not taking them out hunting for a month or two, you know, and and seem like they perform really well, you know, yeah. the, when you are able to take, get them out. So yep, they're smart that's beneficial. 
yeah, that's definitely beneficial to you. That's a good thing about them that, uh, you know, before with uh, running hounds, you know, it, it was a year-long deal. You know, you had to keep them in shape, or if you didn't, then you were, you, you know, were spending a month just trying to get them back in shape where they could keep pads on their feet, you know, and keep their toenails. Otherwise, once they got soft, they, you know, it may take you a month and a half to get them where their feet hardened back up where they're not feeling their pads every time or, or losing toenails. Mm-hmm. So, No, I agree, and that's actually what kind of steered me to the cur dogs is I live in a fairly growing area, like, a, you know, people are moving out of the cities because I live pretty close to a couple major cities, and so finding places to hunt is getting harder and harder, and, you know, I looked around when I started looking at dogs, you know, I wanted hounds originally, but then I found cur dogs, and I'm like, this seems to make more sense for me. Like, yeah, a dog that I can call off of, of property or call off a track, not mess it up because it's smart enough to know that, you know, I want it to come back to me, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily doing something wrong. Right. So, and being able to call them off a tree, and so I don't have to go trudging on the neighbor's property and get in trouble. Well, yeah, it, it yeah, just makes a lot more sense to me today's day and age for me, anyways. It suits yeah. us, you know, and and I can I can hunt mine on a small tract of ground, that's, you know, public ground or something next to a four lane highway, you know, that most people you know wouldn't hunt, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I I can. You know, an older dog, I can feel confident going there with a GPS on, you know, and I can watch and see, hey, if he starts to get close, I can tone him in and holler at him, you know, he's going to come to me with confidence, you know. Yeah. And, and not be too worried where, you know, before there's, you know, there's no way you could do that. Hurt. Mm-hmm. I never was able to do that with, you know, with any kind of hound. But. Oh, and I'm sure there's hounds that you can. Yeah, I'm sure there is people that can do it. That's that's another thing I've found in in the dog world is there's there's always somebody out there that uh, they 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 figured it out, mm-hmm. or you know they can do it they can do it better, or they got a better way of doing it. it it's it's a never learning process for sure. Yep. Uh, there's always there's somebody out there that's that's got something figured out to make things a little bit better. But at the same point. You, the one thing that I that stands out to me is like, why I'm sure I could go buy a treeing walker, and I could get it to do what I need it to hunt the way I need it to hunt. But yeah. it's going to take a lot more work to get a treeing walker to hunt the way I need it to hunt, and listen and mind. Where a cur dog, that's yeah. just that's what they are. They they're a close right. hunting, they're a closer hunting dog. They tend to mind really well and it's easy to put a handle on them yeah. and they seem to want to exactly. please me a little better so it just seems like it makes yeah. a little more sense for hunting small tracks let's not hunt the dog that's known to go a mile right get out there and get there fast yeah yep. which i mean that's how they're the ones are around here you know bread anyway oh, yeah. I, I i know there's lines of walker tree and walkers out there that don't hunt that way you know that are um, I've just never been around any of them, but, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I, uh, turns my belly, the stomach pretty quick whenever, you know, you go turn loose a dog and they're, they're a mile off already and 
you know, when they get treed and it just, it just doesn't, doesn't suit me. doesn't suit the way I want to hunt. Nope, I understand. Yeah. Sounds like me and you hunt a very similar style dog and for similar reasons, so I, I get it. Yeah. It seems like it makes most sense at this stage of my life anyways, for sure. <laughs> and uh, we really like them. But yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't have many tree and you know tree and hounds anyways most of the years, but um, I've had some cousins that you know kept kept several for a while and and went and uh, you know still enjoyed going hunting anytime, but uh, just wasn't anything that I just really wanted to uh, have for myself, I guess, or keep for myself the ones I did have. Yeah, what do you have out there in your kennel right now? Or in, or in so, your house? <laughs> Yeah. So right now, yeah, we have uh, we have my my old dog is a mostly mountain cur. I don't know. I just got him from a dog trader that was close by lo- mm-hmm. local here, and uh, yeah, I traded for him because I, I needed one because my my old dog had, had died on me. So uh, he's like uh, two thirds white and a third spotted brindle dog, and so. I don't know if I had to guess. I'm almost thinking his white might come from Feist. Okay, but I don't know for sure. He he does have a pretty good mouth on him, so you know it could be hound. But he doesn't really his physical aspects, other than he has pretty decent ears for a cur, cur dog. That's the only thing that shows could be hound. But I really don't know. But uh, he's he's been a really good dog. He just he hunts. Just he's just a good pleasure dog, and uh, he'll get you something treed, you know, and do a really good job and sound good at it. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I, he's mountain cur, but obviously has something else because he's two thirds white. But I don't know what. But, and then I have uh, my daughter's young dog. Uh, she's a year and a half. She's a original mountain cur. Uh, she come from the Clark's in South Central Missouri. Here, and uh, are they still raising dogs? Um. Well. I mean, a year and a half ago, they, they were. I don't know that I've seen them have anything else since, but I, I, I think that's the last time I've seen them have anything advertised. I the close, <clears throat> I just remember pre-Facebook days, you know, on all, all the old forums, and, you know, they had yeah. websites, and they, they were big-time breeders. But uh, Yeah, they had a lot of dogs, and, they, and I had several from them, and, and my cousin has two, and had, we've, we've had some good ones that we really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, from them, and I mean, they obviously I had I've had several came from them, and uh, yeah, I think then uh, their son Nick, he still has some dogs too, but uh, I don't know that I've you know they don't have a, a big amount of them anymore like mm-hmm. they did. I don't think, not, but, uh, not to the same extent as you know back in the early two thousands. Right, right. So then um, we had the. Yeah, we have two, uh, like, original mountain dual racer dogs that I, we talked about, all right, the yep. yellow and the brindle one, and then we also have uh, two half Patterdale Terrier, half uh, Jock Terrier. Okay. Um, and uh, so the little red dog, you probably see some of the pictures, uh, mm-hmm. three-legged dog. He, he trees really well, and we take him on with us quite a bit. He does a good job. And then um, the black and tan is my last um, deer recovery dog. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's that's our hunting dogs, anyways. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And that's plenty for us to keep hunted <laughs> up, so. Yeah, for sure. I, I get it. Yeah. Your daughter's had some I, good luck here lately, you know, and different, yeah. doing different things with, with Indy. Yeah, so we, uh, um, we have three kids, and our two older kids really got to participate you know, in some uh, hound field trials or, you know, whether hunts, whether it's beagles or foxhounds whenever they were young. But uh, I sold out of foxhounds and didn't have any beagles, you know, after my youngest daughter was kind of old enough to do anything. So we uh, we tried to start this past year, try to make a few things where she could, you know, go and just find something we could participate in with the fur dogs. And so yeah. we have we hit a few of them. So last year and it seems like she's always coming home with a plaque or a trophy or something money or something every time we go so that's awesome yeah yeah really neat that and we we appreciate the clubs doing stuff like that and letting us participate but like this one we went to last week you know it's a, a hound club or you know always a normally a hound event but uh they let anything participate so yeah, yeah we were the we were the black sheep there but <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. But she did well. That's did, all right. We just came home with some stuff. We had fun. Her dog was showing some hounds up. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. If, uh, we didn't actually get to hunt together. It was like a. It wasn't a big coon contest, but kind of like a big coon test, okay. coon contest for the hunting portion of it. So it was just us went out hunting together there nearby the okay. club, and uh, and then we brought all our coons in, and they. Um, uh, they had a, a way that you know you couldn't cheat, so I, I, I think they took your two biggest coons and averaged them, and then every other coon you had after those, they added those as bonus points. So okay, yeah, uh, I think she got twelfth in the coon hunt part of it. Um, I don't know; they probably had I don't know how many they had thirty or forty kids. I would imagine. Oh wow, there's a bunch. Yeah, and uh, she got third overall on the bench, so that was good. There was. Um, you know, there's a lot of, all of them are hounds there, but they still recognize that her female was, you know, nice looking and let her, put her up there with the winners, you know, of all the, at the end. So, mm-hmm. um, that was, that was nice. And then, uh, she didn't do as well at the training contest this time as she has in the past, but, um, she didn't place in it, but she was pretty close to placing, I think. But, yeah, That's was, awesome. A fun event for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> now, like you just mentioned, that you were pretty big into the foxhounds and beagles. Let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. Easy yeah. So I, uh, I'm not a big foxhound or beagle person, but if I find yeah. it interesting, it's just not something I've necessarily been involved in. Well, I mean, truth be known, I mean, that's if if I had to pick my favorite, you know, what I'm most passionate about is definitely foxhound and then probably beagle second but it just doesn't work out you know in my life right now so uh but i grew up with with foxhounds i i think my dad probably got foxhounds right around the time i was born or maybe a year or two before i was born and uh so we always had some there and uh you know it was just uh there was a local 
fox hunters club here um just real close to where we live right now that uh, had a field trial every year and he was part of that club and we that was like that was the biggest weekend of the year for me you know as a kid going to that you know i'd try to you know play hooky for you know say i had a stomach ache or whatever that i think you know that friday you know when it started or something i wouldn't maybe i'd get out of going to school and going with my dad or something but yeah it was it was just a big deal you know and and uh i uh well i think when i was 11 years old uh my dad had uh given me a pup out of a litter and uh he had one and i had one that you know they bought i guess some pups and uh when I was 11, um, when we entered those in that field trial there, and I ended up getting uh, third place, I think, uh, with that female. And it was actually, she was already older. So, you know, it would have been younger. I mean, she was already over two than uh, the female would have been when I was 11. But she got third in all age. And, uh, you know, I actually won the female class at the bench show. And she, nice. um, she ended up winning the combination trophy. So I brought these, you know, little big trophies home with me. And I think that's probably the, the start of the of the addiction, you know, there for sure from me if it hadn't already started before winning that. Yeah. But, and, um, you know, we had foxhounds all the way through. My dad did. Um, maybe when I was in high school, he had to go to Louisiana for a, finish up a retirement. Um, for a year or so and uh, my mom and I stayed here and uh, I think he got out of a lot of dogs then and then um, but I had some beagles that I'd gotten just because it you know being 16 or you know younger they made more sense I could you know still go hunting with a hound and so I I had an uncle that had some and got some for me or and all my uh, uncles had hounds too and uh I just kind of maybe thinking beagles was a little bit more the route that I would go on my own and uh, had beagles for up to in my 20s. And uh, I uh, started raining did some guys rabbit hunting one day locally here on some conservation ground, public ground. And uh, they had a whole bunch of dogs and just real good dogs and kind of fell in with them. And they talked me into going some field trials. And, and they talked me into starting a club here locally, and I <laughs> got a cousin to help me and another friend, and we started a beagle club here. Started doing the, those beagle trials for several years, <clears throat> and uh, kind of had that bug for quite a while. And did some had some success with that. I I think I won some uh, couple state hunts, uh, Missouri state hunts. Um, in the UKC, I think, and went to Arkansas and placed pretty high and some hunts and um, just did real well. And then, um, and then I kind of got the bug again to try to do something with the Foxhounds, and I got a better job. I started buying some of them, and, and uh, in short, the my I'd always had you know a dream of doing well in, in Foxhound field trials. And uh, so then that, that obsession kind of started up from there. And uh, How old were you about when you started getting You know, I probably, it? I was probably around 20, I would say. 
Oh, so you didn't uh, take a, a big break. No, no. And I, I still had a lot of beagles then too. I, I um, so, you know, I, you know, I might've back then my parents allowed me to, you know, still work and went to college and live here. If I wasn't living here, I still got to keep dogs here. And, uh, I probably had, you know, 30 or 40 dogs, at, you know, at, at times just between foxhounds and beagles. So, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, so then, then I started, uh, really trying to, um, just find dogs that can compete at the foxhound field trials and whether it was on the inside, you know, in pen or on the outside. And, uh, now which was more common back then? Um, you know, they were both, both pretty common back then. Um, there was, there was, there was probably more pen hunts, but there were several pens around, you know, just because they could have those, you know, every few weeks. Whereas, you know, it was just an annual deal probably on the outside that there would be, you know, surrounding counties that have them. It was, foxhounds were a big deal whenever I was, you know, the whole time from when I was born old enough to remember till, at least the, you know, into the nineties, you know, we started getting yeah. two thousands. You know, I think it kind of, you know, definitely started falling off then. Mm-hmm. But uh, hen hunts were a pretty big deal back in the nineties. Okay, that was a, there was a lot of money hunts or a lot of pup hunts, um, and uh, I tried to compete in those a lot, and um, uh, you know, I, I would win every once in a while or. Somebody would give me, you know, some of their good pups, you know, and, and kind of share with me. You know, I was a young guy or whatever, I guess, and I could win some of them. But, uh, um, and yeah, I just started, started trying to go for the, the big, the big prize around here was the, was the Missouri Governor's Cup. They kept points on the, uh, the outside field trials, um, all through the year. So the top, I don't know if it's, can't remember if it's fifty or seventy-five dogs from the year. The high high-scoring dogs would compete, you know, in that trial nice. at the end of the year. And uh, so I started trying to work for that, and then yeah, in '98 I ended up uh, winning that. Um, Impressive. And, yeah. So that was that was pretty big deal for me. I was kind of a, a kind of like an old. Uh, a goal I'd already, I'd kind of always wanted to, you know, dream, I guess, instead of a goal yeah. to, to win. So, and, uh, and I still had beagles for a while, but they it just couldn't have both, you know. Um, couldn't, the foxhounds took, well, I mean, beagles themselves would take a lot of time to see if you're field trial. It takes a lot of effort, but, yeah. um, keep, keeping foxhounds in shape is, is a, is a, there's a lot to it for sure. Oh, definitely sounds and, like uh, it. Yeah. After I won that, though, I kind of switched from uh, to more um, away from maybe the dogs that were bred more for the field trials and switched to more outside, uh, just daylight coyote hound dogs, which are they're all registered under the same thing. They're just different mm-hmm. lines, you know, work different, you know, work better for different things. And, yeah. And, uh, they, uh, the other, like the field trial bred dogs, in my opinion, you know, they were harder to keep from running deer. Okay. And, uh, but the outside dogs, uh, what I call them, um, they like dogs. They, they were, you know, just bred 
to not run deer. So they were really easy to break or, you know, I had some of them that never did run deer, you know, just mm. never had to break them off. But, um, so I, I kind of switched to that. I'd, um, now what's besides the fact that they want to run deer, what else did, would you say are different from the field trial bred dogs to the outside? Well, um, so <clears throat> today's day and age, it's probably changed. But back then, you know, 20 years ago, uh, the the big thing to me was, uh, you know, the, the field trials that have, like, especially the 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 big field trials that, that you had to have down south, they, they went to champion the dog. It's a three-day field trial. So for three days straight, they run five hours um, a day. Okay. And, you know, that's 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 just the time that they're scored. We still have to get them caught, you know, otherwise. So they have to have a lot of endurance. And uh, so they and they can't have much quit. So they're really not easy to handle very easy. I mean, they just, you know, they just want to run and run and run yeah. and stay after game. And then, in, just in my opinion, uh, um, the, the dogs that, you know, did well at that and hustled like that and were, you know, had that endurance. A lot of that breeding come from down south where some of those places they have, you know, run deer also, you know, or can run deer. I don't know if that's, you know, the same. I, I, but uh, they were, most of the dogs that uh, are bred for that way or just couldn't hardly break them off a of deer. They, they would run, you know, deer. It was hard to keep them from it anyway. So, mm-hmm. Um, that was a big difference now the, the so then the dogs that are bred more to just uh coyote hunt with they would handle a lot easier and uh so they they wouldn't just want to run for eight hours without you catching them they would you know hunt for an hour or two and if you hollered at them you know when they're near the road they'd listen to you and come to you you know easy enough or especially once they're you know they know what's going on because they know that you're going to take them somewhere to where, you know, there's a better race going on or something. And, uh, and they were easier to break from, break off the deer races for sure. Okay. Or, you know, maybe not even mess with them at all. <clears throat> that was, and I guess they, uh, the other dogs weren't really, um, bred to catch. So, you know, they didn't, they may not even bay anything where the, the daylight dogs were bred to catch. So mm-hmm. they would bay, you know, and they would fight. So, um, and they could, they could take care of things to the, to the end, you know, and, yeah. um, and they were definitely had that bred into them too. So there was a lot of grit in those dogs. Makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I mean, it, I was listening to a podcast today and it was talking about, uh, you know, dogs that are bred for competition, squirrel and coon hunts a lot of times are, you know, hard going, run 800, you know, 800 yards between trees. They're, yeah. They're not the same thing as that little pleasure dog, that little super accurate little feist that's going to tree every squirrel between here and, you know, that, yeah. that 800, the dog that's 800 yards away. But exactly. in a competition, when that dog's 800 yards away and it's treed, you're constantly walking to it. So it's like, that dog wins a lot of times, right. but the right. 
it's not necessarily the most accurate, most fun squirrel dog. And the same thing with coon hounds. It's, you know, you can have a nice, accurate, you know, maybe not as fast, but more pleasurable dog to hunt with. But yeah. Those dogs that get treed quick and you're walking to them, you know, that's time and they're fast. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, yeah, that's what it takes to win. You know, it sounds like I, I've, We've only been to one cur dog hunt so far, and I didn't do the squirrel um, hunt that weekend because uh, we were driving home that same day. So I uh, slept in that morning, but we did do the night hunt the night before, and, and we competed. You know, we did all right on that. Um, but I, I think we would have been surprised if we would have went out. I should have probably tried to go out and later around with the squirrel dogs just to see them. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously – the dogs that, uh, at least my daughter's female, I mean, she's got a lot of dogs that she's out of that have done well. So, you know, the bred that way, we just never really tried to have her geared up to do that. And uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be interesting to go to one. But, uh, no, I mean, I think a dog that can tree, get, tree its own game, no matter what, is you're going to stand a chance to compete. But it, it's yeah. the dogs that, you know, there's also a difference between the levels of competing as well. Right, exactly. You're, you're not yeah, gonna, you're, you're not buying thousand dollar entries uh, for truck hunts. Right, that's right for sure. Not not really wanting that caliber of dog either. I guess we just yep. You know, so uh, that's definitely for sure. So it makes sense that the foxhound world's the same kind of same deal. You know, it's yeah, a different yeah, style. Yeah, and I, I haven't been involved with it for quite a quite a while. I, I don't know where they're at now, but I'm I'm sure it's you know had to make some changes since I got out just because there's a lot less a lot less places doing it now. So yeah, well, it sounds like running dogs has been a major part of your life. That's for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> most definitely. I uh, once I once I did. I guess I didn't finish the, the foxhound deal, you know. Uh, I, I had them uh, for a long time, and they liked dogs uh, and really enjoyed them. I just, it got to be where that's, it kind of ruled my life, and that's all I did. So uh, I, you know, was buying or selling dogs or talking about where we are going to go hunting or, you know, going to the next state hunting, and it just seemed like I, that's all I, that's all I really did. And, uh, so after some life changes and some, uh, you know, uh, just made the decision to uh, to sell out and realized after I sold out how how much uh, you know it ruled my life. You know, I just yeah. I couldn't 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 keep them, and I was just into it too much. You know, that's all I did all year long was talk about dogs or you know just it took first place and everything and that was just too much so um Mm -hmm. yeah i realized that myself you know after after um thinking about it and so sold out and don't even know how we made paid the bills you know after i quit how much (laughs) money was spent in dog food and gas and everything but i never got out of dogs that's one thing that amazes me when guys talk about having, you know, and you, you even mentioned it, having 30 or 40 dogs, that's the first thing I'm thinking. I'm like, how in the world do you afford to feed that many dogs? Right. Of course, back then, I mean, I, I could buy, 
probably 10 bags of dog food now, whatever I would buy, you know, give for 40 bags back then. You know, back then I'd get it for $10 a bag if I bought it by the ton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now you can't, now you can't buy 10 bags, you know, <laughs> for 400 bucks, you know, yeah. or back then I think that's what I give for a ton was $400 if I remember right. But, so a lot of difference in price for sure. Yep. But, but there's yeah. still people today that feed that many oh, yeah. dogs. So yeah, that many plus. Yeah, that's what yeah, baffles me. I'm like, you know, even even I got friends at bear hunt and they got packs of ten, fifteen hounds, and I'm like, oof, I don't want your feed bill. Right. Well, I can remember even a you know it was a huge change back then, but I remember nine uh, eleven. Before that, I had a. a some acreage fenced in and uh, with rabbits in it and I raised a lot of beagle pups and I would start them and sell them you know it started age pups mm-hmm. and that's whenever I had to quit that because the trucking prices you know went up and things didn't go up very much but it seemed like it was huge back then and yeah. uh, I just couldn't afford it people weren't buying dogs you know like they once did after that so I had to sell most of those beagles just because it just didn't make sense. I couldn't sell them yeah. like I did. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing how we thought that was a big price hike. Well, yeah, try triple or whatever it is now, you know, from yeah. then. But, and then, you know, the, a price, the price of equipment, you know, it's the telemetry that, you know, whenever I, I know I was pretty young when we got radio telemetry and uh, it was expensive then. But that same radio telemetry, of course, the batteries had to be replaced, but at least the tracking equipment, you know, um, still had, you know, my dad's stuff, you know, whenever I sold out, you know, whatever it was, 20 some years later, you know, that stuff lasted. And now the stuff we have is way more convenient, but it's pretty expensive and it doesn't last very long compared to the telemetry, you know, Um, or it's outdated pretty quick, you know, so. That's the other aspect, how expensive that is. Oh, definitely. Things have definitely changed uh, in some some ways. and other ways, I guess, maybe they haven't. Of course, you don't get any money for anything now. There's, you know, you couldn't, can't give away further now or exactly. before you could, you know. You could make some money on fur. You could, you know, like you said, dog food was cheaper. Yeah. And you could sell dogs because there was everybody had dogs, you know. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the, compared to now, there was, know, a, there there was, was a market for the dog. Where today, yeah, it's, you know, I'm not saying there's not, but it's not the same. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely way different. Yeah, you know, there's just there's just a fraction of the people that that hunt dogs now that you know when there was whenever I was young. Well, you figure, you know, hound and cur puppy prices now are the same that they were 15 years ago when I started in this, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. You could, you could buy a well-bred mountain cur for $250 then, and you can still buy one today for $250. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's guys that are selling pups for more, don't get me wrong, but right. you can still find them for that. Yeah, and in and, and 15 years... The price of everything has everything else to keep them has went up. 
yep. double or or two and a half times or something probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's there's just no way that I could do it like I used to. That'd be it'd just be way too expensive. But of course, I, I live a lot different life now. A lot, uh, a lot, lot better life just with the keto. <laughs> so, uh, yep. Not that I say that I don't miss it. You know, I mean, I it definitely was it was a lot of fun to hunt those hounds, but uh, just just can't do it. Just didn't make sense, but. There's still guys doing it today, you know, around us, and still still can do it in some spots, you know. And I haven't went, went hunting since I got rid of them, just because I uh, I just feel like it's kind of like an alcoholic going to a bar, you know. You're just asking for it, so I've stayed away so far. I've still yet to. The only time I've ever been around a foxhound is when they have their annual foxhound field trail here at Arkansas County okay. Club every year. We to go over there and help, or you know, watch, or you know, their dogs get over there on us, you know, so we can hear them, even if I got something going on, or we'll try to maybe help them judge some. But those are the only fox hounds I've seen ever since I sold out. Nope, um, I understand. These cur dogs, though, they seemed they seem to uh, satisfy me for sure. <laughs> it, they, they're they they they're really fun to hunt. And they're pretty versatile. They can, yeah. you know, we can do a lot of stuff with them. I was, uh, we we really wanted to try one for that deer recovery um, stuff. And we, mm-hmm. you know, I told my wife, I thought, just like that, whenever we got a yacht to do that, we talked about it. You know, I really thought we could do that, still still hunt them too, you know, because they, they just seem like they can be trained that way. And the, yeah. our daughter's cur dog, she, she knows when we put that harness on her that, uh, She's ready to look for, you know, a wounded deer, and we just load her up to go to the woods. You know, she knows, hey, we're going to, if it's daytime, she's going to be looking for squirrels, and if it's nighttime, she's going to look for a coon. Yeah. And if she has the harness on, she's looking for a deer. And she pretty much, we haven't had any trouble out of her yet. She hasn't ever tried to mess with a barnet on, on a deer track yet, and she's never offered to try to run a deer obviously but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of training goes in with that uh deer recovery though so you know it's not just trying to find you know put on a deer track it's uh, pretty involved yeah and i have a friend yeah. that does some deer uh recovery work with a, a bird dog yeah. and he said the same thing he's like when i'm bird hunting he goes i don't have any trouble with yeah. her you know, trying to run deer or anything and like when, when yeah, well, she's got the harness yeah, on, like you said, she's all business yeah. and looking for that deer. Yeah, it makes perfect sense once you learn about it. I, you know, it's pretty involved. There's, there's pretty, it's a pretty complex thing, really. Uh, I've learned a ton since my wife has started this from uh, the symposiums we've been to and uh, and just the tracking world. The people are pretty supportive of each other. But uh, and there's, I've learned a lot about scent and dogs um, with that and. So, I mean, that dog, you're training it to smell the wounded, that that wounded animal's putting off this pheromone and its hooves, the gland out between its hooves to, uh, it, it's putting out this pheromone through that gland that's different than, and it's different odor to them than, than any other thing they're doing. So, yeah, that's what they're, we're training them to, to follow is okay. that. And, uh, 
so it makes sense. I, I guess we, we've yet to be out coon hunting and our dogs, or, you know, doing anything with our dogs, you know, try to track a wounded deer that is wounded, you know, fatally wounded. You know, I'm sure that may happen sometime. They may try to follow it because that's what we, but even when, even that way, though, if, if we don't put her on it to begin with, it was, we always do it kind of the same way. We put the harness on and we, you know, we have them on a leash. We have to have them on a leash in Missouri mm-hmm. and uh, a 30 foot leash. So if all that's not in the mix, I don't know that she would do anything with it easily, but um, yeah. I haven't been in that situation yet. But um, yeah, they call it blood tracking, but it's really, you know, blood is just a bonus, you know, but most of the time people call, they, there's not a blood trail or they'd be able to find their deer anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's really interesting how much you're training that dog to follow that scent, and you're training that dog to find that old scent. Because most of the time, we go it's usually 24 hours after the shot, and uh, you know that scent that scent's still there for a long time, and that it just amazed me when I first started learning about it because. To me, you know, having pack hounds and, you know, hunter hounds or beagles, you know, all my life, I just thought that, you know, those, those people smell the scent for very, you know, just for not very old, you know, and then the scent, they weren't capable of smelling it. Well, that's not the case. Every dog can smell that scent. When it's old there, they're, they just got to teach them that's what you're wanting to do is follow that. Yeah. That scent's there for a long time. They're just all automatically, most of the hounds automatically know that, hey, this one's a little too old for me. I smell that, you know, that track was laid, you know, whatever, 12 hours ago or however, it, you know, that bloodline is kind of bred, but <clears throat> they leave that alone because they're looking for a hotter scent. Yep. Where all the, I mean, even, uh, you know, a chihuahua can smell good enough to smell that old scent there but once you train them that this is what you want them to do and they're going to get you know a reward at the end of it well they you know we my wife has tracked stuff i don't know i'd be wrong if i quoted it but i know at least a 34 old over 40 hour old tracks you know that you know from shot um and you know and recovered the deer so um that's that's from following the scent trail you know from the hit site Jeez. just amazing that that scent stays there that long but um pretty much any dog has that capability of, as far as the nose goes you know to be trained for that it just amazes me that, that, that I, I never would have dreamed that you know all my my life of you know being around dogs i didn't know they had that capability but mm-hmm. pretty interesting no i mean before all these podcasts i would have never known that either you know, heck, these podcasts have given me education, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, me too, for sure. That's kind of, that's definitely the reason why I like to listen to it. Whether I'm interested in that metric model of the dog or whatever, you know, it's, it's still can learn a little bit about it. Yeah. Last spring I had Harry Elliott, I think is his last name. And uh, he has mountain curves, but he hunts ma- mountain lions out in Wyoming. But he sold, okay, a, yeah. he sold a dog to somebody that was doing search and rescue, and he said, you know, what he's learned from the guy that 
got the dog for search and rescue is, you know, just because it's vastly different. And but you know, learned a lot from this guy that calling him and giving him kind of updates and reports on on how the dog's doing. Yeah, I remember that one. I, that was very interesting to me too. Yeah, too. And so that kind of goes in hand to hand with what I'm talking about with the blood track and more about yeah. the, the amount of uh, just knowledge that I've gotten from those people that, uh, you know, cause, and there actually has been some search and rescue people at some of those symposiums too. And people um, doing that is just amazing that dogs could be used that way and the same dogs that we're using we just didn't really realize that they had the capability it's just it's yep. just really the knowledge of knowing that they can and, and how to how to get them to do it for you you know really yep now but you figure yeah. nobody's uh putting money into studying coonhounds and foxhounds and beagles right in, in, right. The, in the sense of them hunting game like there's no money right. to be made in that people are, are studying dogs and then putting a lot of effort and education into, you know, search and rescue, into police right. work, into different things like that, which is all scent work, which all ties in. But there's, you know, money, lives to be saved and stuff, you know, money to be made on on that end. Where us hounds, there, there's not. So they don't really focus on us. And sometimes right. I, I think we get so focused on what we're doing that we've, don't realize that we can learn from people that are doing something vastly different, but it's yeah, still. I think you. Ties well in. said, or well put, because yeah, there's. I think uh, anybody in the dog training world, um, you can learn from somebody. I, you know, there's so many things I've learned over the years on my own or from somebody else that's just game changing. You know, and uh, I, I just think if I would have known this, you know, earlier or whenever I was you know, hunting this style of dog or doing these kind of field trials, if I just would have known that, it could have made things so much easier for me, you know. Yep. Um, or having the knowledge I know now, you know, whenever I was young home and really trying to win and when I was younger, uh, there's just so many things. The obedience is huge, too. I I, uh, I, I won't ever have a dog uh, or don't plan to ever have a dog again that it, it's not fully obedient trained first, you know, right out of the gate, you know, eight weeks old, you know, house trained and place trained and whether we're going to keep them in the dog pen all their life or not, if, if you take them somewhere, you know, for the weekend and you already have them house trained, you know, it's, it's huge. We'll just have them where you can have them sit somewhere. And, you know, if you, you don't have a dog box, you can, you can still have them sit and listen to you and wait, you know, if you, you know, if you have an accident on the side of the road or whatever, I guess, you know, it just, all that's uh, really a big deal, I I think, you know, that I wish I would have, of course, with 40 dogs, it's kind of hard to do, and when you're young and whatever, (laughs) you know, different style of dog, but but it probably wouldn't fit, you know, you know, somebody that has pack hounds, but, um, you know, especially somebody that just hunts one or two dogs or whatever, uh, I think that in itself is huge. Uh, it makes a lot of well, sense. I never even thought about place training in the sense of like an emergency like that. Like that, that's huge. Something yeah. happens and all of a sudden you need to do something with your dog, which I've had happen. You know, I yeah. got into an accident and I'm, you know, tying dogs to trees. Luckily there was trees there to tie dogs to, but there right. was, there, there would have been nothing. You no, know, 
So yeah, I I really think if a person uh, number one, you're and probably the biggest thing is you're building a bond with that dog, and if it's you know any kind of activity you're doing with your dog that's one on one, you know that bond is you know one of the biggest things with it. You know for them to want to work for you or perform for you, you know, so you you get that established. You know, real quick, right out the gate. Along with that, it'll be in screening, and, and you know that's half the battle. You know, a lot of times, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, if you just buy a pup and mess with him, you know, an hour a day, and put him in a dog pen, you know, until he's ready to take to the woods. You know, that's easier that way, but um, it sure helps you put that homework in first. And depending on the breed of the dog, like we mentioned earlier, the cur dogs, you know, uh, if you if you don't do that, if you just keep them in the pen and you just keep them around yourself, depending on the bloodline on them, you know, I've had lots of them that, you know, might try to bite somebody else or, you know, I, I, anytime I, if I buy an older cur dog for somebody, uh, I learned that you got to put the your dog collar on them and a leash on them with a leash out the dog box whenever you leave that person's house because when you get home you may not get them out of the dog box not because it's just a cur dog you know if they're not used to people and and uh, strange places and strange things they you know you may wonder how in the world are you going to get him out of the dog box because he's going to bite you and you just give you know hundreds or thousands of dollars for it you know Oh, I've had it happen. I bought a dog. Now, she wasn't mean. Didn't try to bite anybody, but uh, I had a, f- a guy that I, my mentor that kind of got me involved. I was like, I called him up. I said, hey, I'm looking for a dog. He, he found a dog, and he's like, you know, you want me to go hunt with her? What do you, what do you mean to do? And I'm like, yeah, go hunt with a dog. If you think she's worth it, fire. I'll be out in a couple weeks. So he did. He went and hunted with the dog two or three times. He said, hey, she's she's fat. She's out of shape, but she can tree a coon, you know. Need Needs some tuning up and get her in shape. But he's like, you know, she's worth money. I said, all right, buy her. I get out there. We cut that dog loose, and she looked like an idiot. Just yeah. didn't want to hunt, didn't tree, was slick treeing. It's hard to catch. You know, had all kinds of issues. And right. it took me owning that dog for a month and her just yeah. getting used to me and settling in, you know. Yeah. Which just, a month isn't very long for a cur dog. Sometimes it could take longer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, yeah, luckily I didn't have yep. any major issues, but it was, it was definitely a learning experience of, uh, they're, they're quirky yeah. in there. They like their people, then. Yeah, so. even if they've been acclimated well, you should probably just, if you're buying a dog that's got a little bit aged, and you should probably just plan on it, you know, anyway, because it might likely happen. But, um, but uh, or that, or uh, the other aspect is just if you if you want to go hunt with somebody every once in a while, you know. Yeah. Because usually, if if you go with somebody. And your dog's not acclimated; it may not even hunt, you know, around other people. So then you, then you get to be where you just you don't you know you can't go hunt with anybody because your dog won't hunt. Mm-hmm. They're not used to that. So, oh, definitely, yeah. these old cur dogs are quirky. That's for sure. Yeah, 
takes a lot of work to make sure that they're they're not. You yeah. know, they got to get them used to a lot of things where I, I don't know. Sometimes the the hound that is quote unquote dumb, you know, but sometimes dumb just doesn't care about anything else. It wants to go tree a coon every time you cut it loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, yeah, the the cur dogs I, I've learned it took me. So whenever I sold out, I had cur dogs for a while, and I and I, I learned it took me several years before I really figured out that I've been doing wrong on cur dogs, and I. I've been going through a lot of them, and I got rid of a lot of them that now I know were good dogs. I just didn't know how to hunt her dogs, you know. Yeah. Her dogs, you got to, like I said, we already mentioned, acclimate them well when they're young. If you, you know, if you have them young, and then you got to be patient with them, whereas give them some time to get used to you. Or, uh, you know, and like I said, some of them might take six months or so before they really take up with you. Yep. And do that, and then and then you can't be stern with them like a hound. Uh, whenever you're trying to uh, correct them, you know yep. you you can really break one spirit where they may not even ever hunt for you again. You know, uh, if you are, you can't treat them like a hound. You gotta find other ways of correcting them. You know, e collar is pretty good. You know, I never had any trouble with with that. That's always worked well for me. But yep. but they don't take much. You know, they're just a uh, you know, or a hound, you really had to do a lot to get their attention. Where her dog, you can just a stern voice might be good enough, you know, or um, yeah, just you got to be careful. Now, I've found the same but, thing, yeah. Those three things took me a long time to figure <laughs> out, though. I, I uh, I went through, I had some really good dogs, I just didn't know I did, yeah, and uh, got rid of them too fast. And I wish, wish I would. Had some of them back, uh, let get away for sure. But I understand they can be pretty good dogs. At least you know they can fit 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 us our program the way we like to do things really well. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm sure there's better ones out there, and and you know, I'm anxious to see. I've never been around a falconer cur before, but I noticed you have got one. Yep. And, Interesting and in seeing how that turned out. I think I've had one Stevens one time, but I didn't give it time of day either. But so mainly all I've had is mountain curves, or you know, I think there was a mountain view curve for a while that somebody had. I had yep. one of those. But, um, you know, to me it was about like a mountain curve, if I remember correctly. But yeah, they were like um, an offshoot of the cameras. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited to heard my little Faulkner curve. See what she does. Yeah, it, Definitely, definitely interesting for sure. I, um, interested in, in them all for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, if I if I had time, like if I didn't have a job, you know, all I did was hunt. I'd probably buy, you know, a, a Stevens, a Faulkner, a Kemmer, Tring Tennessee Brindle, and a Mountain Cur, and I'd yeah. hunt all of them, and just and see. just to see the difference. Yeah, see the you know similarity, see the difference. They're all very but they're, similar, but yeah, I agree. I agree, but I think you know, I think the like the mountain curves, especially or the OMCBA dogs. I think you on bloodlines, you can get you know a big variance in them as well. Oh, yeah. You know, on on stuff. I, the other dogs, I don't know if there's enough of them to really be out there that you know get very far off mm-hmm. as far as. But you know, there is a lot of OMCBA dogs. Uh, you can 
you can get a big variance. You know, you can kind of follow those bloodlines that work for you or you like, I yep. think, um, what I've found. But that's kind of why I went with these Kimmers because I'm trying to stick more with a maybe older style dog. Yep. And uh, something with a little more nose and something that uh, just seems like the, this, you know, Kimmer line tries to stick closer to the, the older stuff. Yep. And not to say that the wherever where it's at now is there's anything wrong with them. They're good dogs too. They seem like they're just, you know, more with squirrel um sense and, and maybe they may have just as good a nose too. I, I I'm just, you know, in my opinion, you know, I'm just that's kinda my game plan is to try to stick with the older stuff and um no, I'm right I think there with you. Me better. I I'd probably go that route too. But at the same point I'm mainly a coon hunter and Secondly, I, I like to bear hunt, and third, I like to squirrel hunt. So, yeah, buying a dog that's bred to be a squirrel dog is not probably is not my top priority. Right, exactly. That's same with me too. I I fantasize about trying to tree some bobcats. We have a lot of bobcats, and uh, we just don't have a lot of snow. And yeah. but they did extend our season a month this year's first year, so um, it goes later. So I'm hoping this winter gives me more opportunity to get out on um, on snow weekend and try to find some cat tracks and see what I can do. I, I know I've been after a cat twice this year. Um, I, I saw one across the road and put um, my daughter's young female's the only thing I had put her on it and she she went pretty quick on it for a couple hundred yards and then she tried to sit down in a tree and uh, it was summertime, you know. And I went in there to her and I could see the trees for quite a while, and I never seen anything bail out when I got there. So I don't know if it, you know, went up the tree and came back off, or I don't know what it did. But you know, I'm sure it was the cat that you know she took there. But, yeah. Um, you know that cat hand, hunting's pretty fan, uh, pretty uh, extensive too. I, oh, yeah. I tried to learn a lot about it, but you know it depends on where you're at. If they they will tree or how hard you got to push them. And, it seems like if I really wanted to do it, you know, and pursue it, I'd have to have kind of like the dogs I got away from, you know, running dogs or at least part run dogs in our region to be able to get on hard enough to to get very many of them. But um, I have talked to one guy that lives in Missouri, and there's a few few guys that do kind of primarily have a pack of dogs just for bobcats, but it's pretty uncommon around here. Oh, yeah. Oh. Same thing here in Pennsylvania. We we only have a month long. Well, it's like three week long season on cats, so it's like not many people prioritize cats. There's yeah. there are a few people that do, but most people that run cats are either running them with their fox and coyote dogs, their coon dogs, or their beagles. You know, so they're they're hunting them with with dogs they hunt on other game the rest of the year, but then they for that month they go and target cats but i would say majority of those are shot on the ground versus treat really yeah i think that they from what i've got i think they'll treat here if you push them hard enough but um you know my in my running dog days i did catch a few bobcats you know on the ground um i do think that dogs got after bobcats some but i don't think they knew to look up Say, uh, you know, I remember one time we treed one. It wasn't my dog that were there that day, but it just went up a short tree close. And those dogs did kind of tree a little bit. And, um, but 
you know, only a handful of times over a decade, you know, I can remember, you know, something happening with a bobcat. So, yeah. and then uh, beagles seem like beagles um, would chase them, you know, some, but they, they couldn't stay on them long enough to, you know, or maybe they did put them up a tree and they just didn't know it too. I don't know. You know. Um, and, uh, I, I've never treated one of my cur dogs. I can't believe it. But, uh, or, you know, before this year, I never, you know, treat one and I just don't know how I treat them with king dogs, you know, a handful of times when I was younger, but yeah. Um I have that goal to try to try that if we can get some snow to hang around long enough this winter to try put them on some and see what happens. But yeah. It'd be pretty fun. But we have a lot of cats, but okay. uh, we we trap some but and you know, shoot shoot maybe one, you know Predator calling or whatever, or our cousins here next door to us. Where uh, it seems like we've gotten several cats the last three or four years, you know, at least okay. at least a couple every year. But we see a lot of them. Just just go. don't really have dogs that you know uh, you just go try to run one with this any time. So I pretty much have snow. So I'm, I'm guessing to put on to see what happens. Yeah, that makes sense. And like I said, it's kind of similar up here. So yeah. It's hard when you you know you don't live in an area that's got snow a bunch, or that has a cat population where you can just that's all you're gonna run, right? You know, yeah, like like in Texas, right? You know, there's guys down there that that's all they do. So, right, and yeah, and that's what the dogs are. You know, know that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, and they they use a big pack of them too for sure. That'd be a lot of fun. It's yep. pretty neat down there. But. I'd be back in the same game as what I wasn't running though. <laughs> that's all I'd be doing. So I can't yep. do that. Or don't want to anyway. <clears throat> um, I understand. I think it'd be a lot of fun to, you know, get a few every year in the wintertime if we can get enough snow to try it. Well, you have to keep me updated. I'd love to hear if you do. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah, we're on social media together enough. <laughs> yep. I'll be excited about it for sure if I ever do it'll be a big deal to me yeah definitely i I would be the same way so well got anything else for tonight oh i don't know i rambled so much don't even know really <laughs> yeah. uh hope uh, hopefully you got some kind of, something to be interesting out of it i don't know oh i think so yeah you got a lot of experience a lot of variety of dogs and game and yeah, we've kind of bounced around all my life, but uh, I guess you, it kind of keeps you on your toes and learning stuff. And I think all of them, you know, everything you learn about any kind of dog helps you in whatever, whatever, whatever game you're going to play with them, I guess. Yep. No, I agree. Appreciate giving me a chance to talk again. Well, I appreciate you being a good sport for me springing this on you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's no problem. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber. <laughs>